Hi, I'm Vishal Chandapeda, CTO and founder of Portal. I'm Sudhir Reddy, head of engineering at Esper, as well as the host of this show. There's a device for that. Hey, Vishal, how are you doing? Great, how are you? Not Thank bad. you for having me here at the Esper office. Extra thankful to you for having joined me on my podcast. Tell us a little bit about Portal, just in a few sentences. Portal is the first at-home interactive fitness and health mirror that provides life form feedback, uh, mental wellness, physical wellness, as long as health tracking. Thanks for flying all the way from India to come meet us and visit us. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, yeah. So you're uh, over your jet lag and... Getting over it. Um, the excitement day to day is keeping me up and awake, so you know. Is this your first time in Seattle? This is my first time in Seattle, and I was pleasantly surprised by how nice it is and how nice everybody is. The weather is great. The city is a lot bigger than I imagined. And um, knowing that so many big tech companies came out of Seattle, Esper is going to be the next billion-dollar company, I think. Is oh, that why you guys chose that? I hope so. I, I wish so. <laughs> so, Vishal, I've heard a lot about Portal. I've seen the product. I've seen you know, customers use the product and all of that. And you know, if I think back about my where my workouts start, yeah, I don't look like I work out, but I do work out. It used to be where I either had to go somewhere to get a workout, or I would buy these dinky CDs or right. DVDs and plug them in and, and do my workout. The workout world has come a long way from there. Tell us a little bit about what you've seen in terms of what made Portal come about. What did you look at? Those are great points that you said. And as a matter of fact, we've noticed the trend as well previously, where if you buy a DVD, the person on screen would say, hey, this works out for me and this is how my body changed. And people would buy such fitness videos and DVDs thinking like, you know, they'll get the same results. But it's not the case where everybody's body is different. And that was one of the first problems that we try to address. When people are working out, how do we make sure that what they're doing is tailored for them while still giving fun, engaging content? The second point that you brought up was, you know, when you'd want to work out, you'd have to go to a gym, you'd have to drive somewhere. After a long day, I don't think a lot of people want to drive anymore. If you live in metros, you know, it's, it's an hour drive to just go to the gym, an hour drive to come back. Then you have a family at home. So how do you do that on-demand aspect where the accountability of going to the gym or having the gym come to you is now removed and can be addressed with at-home tailored customized solutions? Portal was trying to address all of these things. Yeah. And from your perspective, and you serve specific markets now, and you're hoping to expand, and you serve mostly the India market right? at this point. When did you start seeing the trends change in India from the traditional workout methodology to where people are looking for devices in their homes right. that they can do right. things with? Right. I wouldn't say it was India only. We started noticing the trend across the globe, even pre-pandemic. With the growth of YouTube and content creators for that matter, access to high quality programming was becoming more and more available to people. So the trend was already there, I would say from 2013, 2014 onwards, we started noticing a lot of at-home workouts happening. Work out with the celebrity that you like, work out with this star. And then COVID definitely increased the speed of that adoption rate. We were based in Taiwan in 2019, right when COVID first started showing its face. Um, and we realized immediately like, oh, you know, this isn't just a normal cold. This isn't just a normal cough. This is going to affect businesses. Gyms are going to shut down. Parks are going to shut down. Everything's going to shut down. So how do we go about doing something 
with all of our technology and knowledge that was previously a B2B paced application and give an end consumer the ability to um, consume all of this content. That is where we saw a competitor, The Mirror, that was based in the US that was doing really well. They were able to get a lot of units in people's homes. People were definitely loving the content, but they weren't able to take it to the next level. And we're like, you know, this is a great product. It's a great package, but they really are missing out on some key features that people want. Features that Portal was able to accomplish and create, such as your live feedback, medical device integration, customization on device. And the mentality we went about it was kind of like, we want to make smart furniture at home, but smart furniture that also can give communication to an individual, kind of like your personal assistant. So when it's there, I see it. When I don't want it, you know, I switch it off and then it just becomes a mirror again. That is so awesome. I want a mirror that I can work out with and then switch it off and, and ignore. It a mirror <laughs> ignore, and ignore when you don't want to. <laughs> or when my workout's not going great, turn it off. That, that would work too. I see the problem space and I see where the trends are going and things. Obviously, as the CTO of the company, you're looking for how do you capitalize on this? How do you make this a profitable business and things? So tell us about the market itself for devices and workout equipment and what you're seeing there in terms of where you can find a niche that, that really works for you. Right. I think there's that's a multifaceted answer, actually. Um, see, we're not a pure software company, so there is a hardware component and cost to it. One of the things Portal did differently from any other hardware fitness manufacturer out there was when we worked with our OEMs, we actually helped design the product, implementing some of our IPs in the actual manufacturing process. That immediately brought down the costs of the product for us that other competitors are not able to do. Secondly is pricing strategy, especially in the Asian market, is very, very, very sensitive. People will buy products purely based on price, irrespective of quality. But when we are trying to do something which is release a really high quality product that meets standards that haven't been met by any other competitor and match a price level that, again, hasn't been met by any other competitor, we actually did go a few iterations. What we're noticing in the end, though, is more than taking a monthly subscription, people do want to purchase the product. Mm. And once they interact with the mirror, once they're interacting with the product, they are just sold. And the pricing factor is actually not making a difference to us, which, you know, no matter how much you could have pre-planned, nobody would have expected that to happen. Yeah, it's amazing how these things are dictated by the market and the consumer, aren't they? Right. Yeah. And, mar and consumer studies, they're good, but it's hard for us because we have no product parallel in the market. So, you know, we were looking for products that are kind of similar, but it's hard to do that because there's no smart at-home interactive trainer that gives you feedback, works for the whole family, does medical. So we had to look at each device individually. We had to look at treadmills, how, many, how much are treadmill sales out there? How many people are buying, you know, uh, BP monitors, heart rate devices? And that still doesn't translate exactly into what a mirror would do once we get out into the market, what the portal was going to do. So we are dictated by the market, but you know, we, we listen to everybody, we listen to everything and we move and react really quick. Perfect, that sounds like a great business strategy <laughs> as well. So I have a lot of questions about how you went about designing the product right. and things. We'll get to that. But first, for the listener, can you just tell us what your product does? Who does it serve? Right. What's the business model? What are right. the components of it? Right. So at its core, we have a personalized mirror at its base. When it's switched off, it's a mirror. When it's switched on, you get highly customized, personalized content. It's a touchscreen. It's 4K. It's interactive. It has audio feedback, audio control as well. 
because our customer, we realized, isn't an individual. It's a whole family unit. And in Asian countries, family units aren't only consisting of a husband and a wife. People's parents stay with them. Their kids stay with them, even till whatever age. So we had to make the device usable across generations of people in the same house while still providing, you know, features and functionality for each individual. So for our older clients, we added a voice feature where the mirror can actually be controlled with your voice. Pick this profile, go to the workouts, go to the next screen, come back. Some of the older people that we worked with have Parkinson's. Some of them are wheelchair bound. And this allowed them the ability and the access to still use the mirror without a drop in quality. For children as well, when we realized that, you know, this is going to be in a house, it's going to be a main place, and we do have some kids-friendly content will be coming out a lot more. We need to make it robust so it's shatterproof. We've water tested it because quite a few of our people have dogs. And they're like, you know, your dog's going to pee on this. <laughs> so we're like, yeah, so it's waterproof as well. Do you have workouts for dogs? <laughs> coming soon. Okay. Coming soon. It's in the pipeline. We have a workout for cats. <laughs> <laughs> for real? No. <laughs> but we're, um, we're getting there. The testing process, the hardware development, the usability cases, the use cases, these are all things that we ideated and we went to so many different houses. Uh, we went to so many different people. We probably went through around seven iterations of the mirror before we came to the version that we have today. And each one of those iterations, we learned something new. The form factor changed, the specs changed, even, even the microchip specs changed, the, the screen changed. It is an ongoing process, but we feel right now where we are, we have a complete product that's been through the gamut of tests and we're really happy with where it is hardware-wise. Software-wise, we do a lot of customized personalization. So as I said, we have different profiles on the mirror. When a user logs in, the user's journey is they purchase a product, we give them a short questionnaire. Questionnaire takes in medical history, your ethnicity, your age, blood type. Do you have any medical problems? Do you have any physical problems? What type of end goal do you want? What type of time commitments can you give? Things like that. So by the time our product reaches the individual's house, when the portal is set up, your AI clone is already made for your profile. Where it says, hey, I know this person's issues, so I can start from maybe 70% of what this person needs. Then when you get it, we actually do three types of fitness tests initially. One is something called an FMS test. That's a functional movement screening where we ask individuals to raise your right hand, raise your left hand, lay down, raise your legs, um, try to touch this toe, try to touch that toe. And with our computer vision that we have enabled, we're able to assess an individual's mobility, strength, and any factors that might be limiting or inhibiting workouts that we should be giving or growth that might come from those workouts. Then we actually have a fitness test, which tests stamina and strength. We have a medical device that comes with it. We're able to take your heart rate, your blood sugar, ECG, BP, temperature, and maybe one or two other things that I'm forgetting right now. So that's the third test that we give an individual. We ask them, you know, take this. And now with these three things combined, well, four things, including your onboarding, we're able to really build a AI clone of the individual in the mirror, in the profile. Then what we do is we start pushing content to people. We have noticed that one of the biggest issues about browsing online YouTube or whatever you're trying to browse if you're using online fitness content is the Netflix issues, like, like what I like to call, where you go online and I think you spend more time trying to find something than you actually do watching and using something. I have been there and done that. <laughs> I think everyone does. So we decided to remove that from people's lives completely. So when you switch on or when you activate your profile, every time you come in front of it, at the very top of the screen, this is what you're doing today. Today, you're doing a 15-minute HIIT workout. Today, you're doing 30-minute yoga. Today, you're doing a foam roll. 
So now the user just has to come, switch on, click, and consume what's given to them. That content or domain of fitness that is being given to an individual day to day is dynamically selected and based upon how the user does today's workout. Mm -hmm. With the computer vision we have, we're able to say, okay, XYZ user did XYZ reps. They did it at this speed, but you know, their movement score was not so great. By the end of it, they were really slowing down. Or, you know, they did really good with their upper body, but their lower body was not doing so great. So let's push them some lower body things. Post a workout, we also take a small feedback. How do you like the trainer? How did you like the workout? Did you feel tired? Were you lethargic? How did you come into the workout? If a user does answer these questions, it also helps us curate more content for them individually. At the end, what we figured out with a trainer at least is a personal trainer's main job is to motivate and hold a client accountable. Where are you? Why aren't you in the gym? Why aren't you doing this? So th that emotional factor as well is something that YouTube or any other online fitness content isn't able to cater to. We help hold people accountable is while they're working out, the mirror actually dynamically talks with you. It says, hey, your right arm is, your elbow is out of position. Your knee is out of position. Why don't you pull it back? Um, when you start doing good, the mirror actually gives you positive reinforcement. Great job. You're, you're doing really good XYZ user. We do negative reinforcement as well, which was something I learned that the trainers said it works really well. And we're learning, you know, we're, we're trying to make it more dynamic, more user-friendly, more two-way. So these are some of the things that we realized that any other competitor out there isn't doing. They're only taking the physical aspect, the video content aspect into it. They're not taking the interactiveness. I love it. This is a marriage of so many things that we talk about on this show, about building devices, about software being able to solve real problems for people that need these problems solved, as well as innovation with your AI and being able to tell, tuck your arms in or right. whatever it is. That's just amazing. Thank how you the, so much. Uh, technology. The one quick question, though, yeah, yeah. these kids that use your product, <laughs> do they all want games on it? Of course they do. Uh, that's one of the first requests we got, not even from kids, like I want games on it. <laughs> and one of the first versions we did, I actually did make a game on there. Like, you know, there were balls flying at you and you had to dodge them. And everybody in the office was not happy with me spending time building games. Dodging. <laughs> Dodging. So, the, but then, you know, uh, that's something we're definitely going to be pushing out soon. Okay. And avatar creation as well. Like, you know, kids like to see themselves in different avatars. So with the body tracking that we have in the system, uh, you can actually see a character on the screen. When you move, the character moves. And you can try to make that character kind of like, you know, do stuff. Very cool. And the other thing I wanted to reinforce to our listener is that this was a case where an off-the-shelf hardware did not work for you and you had to go design a hardware out, including, I assume, the form factor, the, you said the chips that right, were picked right. and, and all of that. And the reason I pick on that is because a lot of our customers and people in the devices world, they limit themselves to off-the-shelf devices right. a lot of times. Right. And they think of designing as this Herculean job mm -hmm. that you can't get over. Mm -hmm. But more and more and more, we're seeing people actually d design their own devices right. once the effectiveness of an off-the-shelf device wears out. How was your experience with all of that aspect of things, being designing it? Was it the Herculean task that people think it is, or was it not? So I come from a microchip background. I was actually a mixed signal design and verification engineer for a number of years. And, you know, going into that job where we were making chips or whatever we were doing, 
I was like, oh man, this is going to be so hardcore. This is going to be crazy. And then, you know, after you actually see what's behind the curtain, after a year or two years, you're like, this is easy. Anybody could do this. There's like, you don't need this much education to be able to do this. Definitely there is a gap. And you brought something up, which is people are afraid. And that is something which companies like Portal and companies like Esper, we're not afraid of pushing that boundary because we pulled so many curtains aside. We've seen so many things that people said you can't do it and we've done it. Uh, for us, it's just another Tuesday to try to create something new. Awesome. There you have it. It's just another Tuesday to build your own hardware and create a new product. For Portal and Esper. <laughs> and for others. And for others. So uh, speaking of Esper, how did Esper come into your world? What was oh man, Esper came in at the right time. You know, it was serendipitous. We actually tried to build what Esper was doing in-house. We took, I mean, I, I had great engineers working on this problem for about six to eight months and it wasn't going well. It was going, but it was going slow. Then one day, I mean, I got an email. Uh, I do not know why I opened it. I just felt, opened it, read it. I was like, okay, you know, this kind of looks interesting. But I get a lot of emails and I open a lot of things. And usually the way I go about it is like, if there's a new software, I'm like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll try your trial period just so I can understand what's going on. And that was kind of my thought with Esper as well. I was like, yeah, I'll just try it and we'll see what happens. But I'm pretty sure I'm going to say no. I think within an hour, I was like, oh man, this is crazy. Even my AOSP engineer, um, you know, he's 10, 20 years, whatever experience he has. He came and saw this and he's like, Vishal, I, I, this is, I, I'm in the industry and I'm telling you, this thing is amazing. And you don't need me anymore. <laughs> he openly said Hopefully it. Hopefully he's still around. He's still around. He's still around. We now we've, we've put him onto Esper <laughs> and he's like, you know, to build something like this takes a huge team. It takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of skill. The usability factor as well is again, what Esper made something that was scary, not scary. They pulled away that curtain. Hey, you know, you can do device control, device updates in a very simple manner. How has bringing Esper in changed your experience for the customer? What, what, what does it do for your customer? I like to joke that Esper is one of our employees in the field because some of our products are in very difficult to reach places because a lot of people are buying them and putting them in like uh, guest houses, beach houses. And if there ever is some type of issue that arises, which is very rare, but it does happen. Esper allows us the ability to remotely sync in or remotely send messages to devices. Non-payment of fees initially, we were um, locking down the software aspect of it, but the device could still, we were afraid that the device could still be hacked or like, you know, taken apart or something. Esper gave us that control of, you know, locking down a device. Uh, you can't use the USB ports. You can't do things like this. And more than Esper helping us transform customers, it helped transform our own company the way it's kind of getting metrics. Our marketing team uses Esper. Our sales team uses Esper. My uh, tech team obviously uses Esper. The marketing team is able to see which mirrors are in being switched on in which regions at what time. Sales team is able to see, oh, you know, I see that our Middle East or wherever has XYZ units out. This region doesn't have so many units. So then, you know, they do follow-up calls. It's become a one-stop solution for everybody. So now instead of having like 10 different softwares, I have one that everybody's able to use together and work together. That's music to my ears <laughs> and my team appreciates that a lot. Let's switch a little bit, uh, you know, in terms of what you're seeing in the industry and where the connected fitness market is going and what innovations are coming in that space. Where, where, what's your thought on that? Right, uh, the fitness industry, connected fitness is here to stay. You know, with work from home, 
workout from home has also become normalized, uh, especially in countries, in Asian countries, where maybe working out was not so common before. Now it's become everybody's mindset because, you know, health is wealth and everybody wants to maintain their health. Connected fitness generationally is going to become more and more common because uh, as I see people like my own nephews, for them, they want everything at home. They get their food delivered home from whatever restaurant they want. They're, they're attending school from home. They're meeting their friends from home. And now they're doing fitness from home. So addressing the is connected fitness here to stay question is not even needed. It's, it's here to stay and it's going to grow. I think the way the industry is going to move forward is it's connected fitness is going to turn into connected fitness and health. And that is something that we're designing for. Because now if you're having a trainer at home, What's stopping you from having a doctor at home or having a psychologist at home or having any other mental, physical help at home? So the way we've created our product uh, with all the different modules that we have in it, it's very easy to plug in a new one for us. And we want it to be like, you know, now it's your at-home doctor, it's your at-home uh, psychologist, it's your at-home trainer, it's your at-home teacher. So connected fitness is going to be connected fitness and health is what I could imagine it becoming. That's great. Thank you for all your insight. Uh, I have one last question for all you. Right, let's I it. want to acquire one of your products. How would I go about doing that? How, how do people reach you if they're interested? Or That's a great question. We have our website, portal.co, P-O-R-T-L dot C-O. We do direct sales. We, we have distributors near you. And you know what? Just feel free to give me a call anytime. But we right now are sticking to the Middle East and uh, India region. We'll slowly be coming to the West. Okay. I'm going to acquire one in India and bring it to the West. <laughs> you please yeah. do. We'll yeah. send five over here. <laughs> Everyone, please come to the Esper office to get your fitness test. <laughs> uh, and do you have a Twitter handle where people can follow you or um, Facebook? I sh should, but I don't. Um, I'm on like LinkedIn. Me. Vishal Chandapeda at LinkedIn. You can look at Portal and that's about it. <laughs> okay. I'm like you. I have very few social media. We're, we're old uh, school. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you. This has been fascinating, and I'm so glad you're here in our Esper facilities in Bellevue. You've seen our labs, you've seen all the kinds of devices that we work Amazing with. stuff. And we are so happy that you're here. Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. And, um, you know, looking forward to growing with you guys as well. This is There's a Device for That, and you can get a new episode every Tuesday Anywhere you subscribe to your podcasts, please be sure to subscribe. There's a device for that is brought to you by Esper, the industry's first and leading DevOps platform for device fleets. If you're interested in learning more about how Esper can help you better manage your device fleet, reach out. Go to esper.io or follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn at esperdev at E-S-P-E-R-D-E-V. Thank you for listening. I'll see you on the next episode of There's a Device for That.